0: Mark chapter 2, we talk about the kingdom of God coming and the friends and bringing people to Jesus and acts of faith, how God responds to acts of faith. At the end of chapter 2, it's a series of uh, Jesus interacting with the laws and that he declares himself as being the Lord of the Sabbath, that he's above, no, that he fulfillment of the law. And then in chapter 3, we see an example of, of Christ and the law. So we, 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 we are waiting that the Pharisees, the people, uh, are, are waiting to accuse Jesus to see, will he heal on the Sabbath? Now, Jesus is known as a healer. And on the Sabbath, you don't work. It says you will not work on the Sabbath. You'll keep it holy. So they're saying, will he heal on the Sabbath? Am I getting to this, to, the message, I found out, and I know there were so many, we all know about the Ten Commandments, but there was also 613 laws in the Old Testament for the people of God to know. The people, the inner circles were the 613, including the Ten Commandments. The people of God at that time were were asked to obey those commandments so they can be distinct and different from the folks around them. As they obeyed those commandments, the people around, them, it was a testimony to the, to, to the nations, to themselves, but most to the nations, that they were a unique people of God, different from any other cultural group. And so there was 613. And the Pharisees, the teachers of the laws, they had a good suggestion. They said, okay, we don't want our people to break the 613. Think of a circle. And the inner circle is 613. What we're going to do, we're going to create laws, outer circle of laws, regulations, commentaries, and things that will be helpful. So if the people kept those things on the outside, they'll never break the inner circle laws. You know? Uh, they, I, I read, I don't know if this is true or not, but I read that it said that you couldn't pour pickles, of, pour vinegar on cucumbers. Because that was considered work if you were if that was your job, you know? And so that was considered work. That was pickling. You're not supposed to do that. So they had all these things there. And during the centuries and the times, those outer rules became just as important as the commands, the ones that were in, in scripture in the Old Testament. Just as important. And people got confused and they didn't know which was what. So then we have Jesus come on the scene, right? And here's another example. It says, remember the Sabbath. On the Sabbath, he was going to heal. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. You shall not work on the Sabbath. They determined 39 definitions of what work was. 39 definitions. And so Jesus was not supposed to break those outer laws, those 39. If he broke one of them, It was danger of him breaking the inner one, the the most important one. But remember, the outer ones became just as important to them as the inner ones. So Jesus is a healer. He wasn't supposed to break the Sabbath. The man could get healed. That wasn't the problem, but not on the Sabbath. He had to wait. And then Christ came and it was, it was immediately, it was right there. So what, so what happened? The man, Jesus is bringing in a new way of thinking and doing by this time. The kingdom of God is, 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 and that will put the rules aside. So the kingdom of God and the way that he's thinking, the way that he's doing is going to put the rules aside. And so something to the people, something new. So there's tension in the synagogue, tension in the meeting place. What would Jesus do? Okay. And, and that's the big question. They're all looking. What's Jesus going to do here? And I'm sure the people, or, this, or some of the same people were in the house, they saw Jesus heal the man. And maybe that wasn't on the Sabbath. Okay, most likely it wasn't. So they're saying, uh-oh, what's going to happen? And they know that there's always been a contention between the teachers of the laws and Jesus, and they're waiting to accuse him of something. What's going to happen? Is he going to be let? Or is he going to heal? So Jesus, I love what Jesus does in the book of Mark. It seems like when Jesus is confronted with opposition, many times he just asks a question. He asks a question. Can we learn from that? When we're faced with opposition, with, with, with contention, do we have the wisdom to know what questions to ask? And so here's what happens. So, so, he, so he asked the question, is it good on the Sabbath to do good or evil? What should you do on the Sabbath? The man is there, his hands is withered. Is it good to do good on the Sabbath or do evil? To save life or to destroy life? What's, what's better to do? He doesn't answer it. He wants them to answer it. And what does he get? Silence. Silence from the, the teachers of the law. Silence his accusers. When to accuse them, Silence. And also silence from the people who saw him heal, who knows what he can do, silence. Why? We know the teachers of the law, they went to accuse him, so they don't wanna say, they don't wanna answer that in an honest way. But maybe the people were just afraid of the power to be in, in the meeting place. Maybe they're just afraid of that because if they were on Jesus' side, they might get kicked out. <laughs> of the synagogue, and that was a place of not just worship, but community. So they want to stay in the community. Maybe that was the reason for that. And what I see the next phrase is an emotion in Jesus that we don't normally see. Anger. Their stubbornness, their hard-heartedness, their unwilling to face and say what is true made Jesus angry. Angry. We don't think of Jesus like that, do we? But because of stubbornness, because of their unwillingness to to acknowledge what God is doing, anger. And he says to the guy, stand up. And I think it was just like that, you know? When you watch TV or the movies, like, stand up. And the music, like, da-da-da-da, you know? I think Jesus is, stand up. Stand up, put your head, stretch out your hand. and the guy did it and restored. restored. And what was the response? What should the response have been? Praise God, this man is from God. Miracles can happen. Wow, maybe my laws that I have, those outer circle laws, maybe they're not they're not what's, what's, what this really is about. But no, how does it end? The teachers of the laws conspired with the Herodians. I found that the Herodians were the people they were always debating with, and they never had a um, um, it was like how can I put this? It it, 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 it would be like the um, okay, okay. When I was a moderator of the, the Presbytery, uh, I was in charge of worship, and and only had two people to volunteer to help me with worship. One was the most ultra-conservative person that I've ever met my whole entire life. And the other one was the ultra-liberal person. <laughs> and, and the present moderator said, Linwood, oh my goodness. Don't meet with any of them. They're going to drive you crazy. <laughs> the total opposite of each other. But we got together and I said, listen, I need you guys to help me because I don't know how to do this. And you guys are better at this than I am. So put 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 the politics aside and let's concentrate on worship in Jesus, okay? And as I get get a team, then you can decide you want to stay with it or not. And they say, all right, all right, all right. You know, so we put the politics aside. We're gonna concentrate on faith in Jesus right now, okay? Because I need your help. And I think this was it. The Herodians were the people that were just the opposite in beliefs and 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 what they thought about the kingdom of God, and, and they were religious people, but just the opposite. But they were able to get together with them. To do what on the Sabbath? To conspire to destroy Jesus. One translation said they 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 plotted to kill him. That's where that started. The crucifixion, the plot to kill Jesus. How are we gonna take this guy out? He's too powerful. And these are the people that had all these laws, all these regulations, all this commentary. To keep people from breaking, thou shalt not kill. And what did they do on the Sabbath? They broke it all. They broke it all. So what is that for us for the 21st century? I always try to think about, you know, um, being a, a, um, un, never went to seminary, did a lot of training, never went to seminary. I always try to think, what does this mean for us today? What can we get out of this? So here's some things I would like to talk to you about. What is the real focus of God's kingdom? On the Sabbath, should we do good deeds or evil? Should we save someone's life or destroy it? Let's replace the word Sabbath with religion, church, and God's people. Should religion, no matter what it is, Christian, Hindu, Buddhists, whatever, should religion save someone's life or destroy it? Which, what, what should religion be about in general? What about the church? Should the church do good deeds or evil deeds? What is this church noted for? When people think about this church, what do they say? What Do, 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 do they say that it's about, uh, do they talk about, like especially a person says, I'm spiritual but not religious. You ever encounter those people now? Especially young people. I'm spiritual, but not religious. You know, they, they turn into, I know a group of young people who are turning to Buddhism now. Because it's not religious, but they can have the spirituality in their lives. They're looking for something, but they don't see it in the church. So what is the church doing? What are we presenting to people? Is it a place where it's life-affirming? Is a place where we, we care about each other? Is a place that if we come here for the first time, we feel like we belong? Or we feel like we can belong? We're eager to come back and, and, and to be a part of the fellowship? Is the place where there's life and, and and release like that Isaiah? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. What is he causing and winning you to do as a as a group? And then how about? Christians. What are Christians? What are you supposed to do as a Christian? Uh, is it about, I'm talking about, uh, we live and witness. Should we be doing good deeds or evil? Should we save lives or destroy lives? For religion, church, and ourselves, here's the word from God. Okay. And I think it's going to be really good word that God has given me to give to you. God is saying to you, South Amboy, lighten up, okay? Lighten up. Don't be so involved in in rules and regulations, those outer circle things, trying to keep everything together and forget about what's the heart of the gospel. There's, there's a um, uh, one of my mentors uh, through uh, my time with the university staff, that I met personally, and I've always read his books. His name is Ray Baki. He passed on, and he's with the Lord now. But he was a, a man who had a heart for the cities and the cities of the world. And he talked about, as we look into the gospel and as we face the audience, there's, there's always a different audience that we need to put the gospel in that context so we can reach them. And sometimes we get confused about what is the gospel and what is culture. You know? And and the way that I think this is my my saying, I know when it's culture for me is when I say we haven't done it like that before. That's not how we do things here. Sometimes that could be culture. Okay? The music might be different. The worship style might be different. The leadership might look a little bit different. The faces in the con- in the congregation might be different. So what, how do we, we we separate what is faith? And what is gospel, what is the kingdom, from what is culture that we might feel really comfortable with. And we may have to leave that, set that aside for a time, so we can reach the people that God has in front of us. That's my thing. I want to reach the people that guys in front of us. Not with, not like the not, not 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 in good tensions like the teachers of the law did, where they had all the rules and regulations and trying to keep people from not breaking them. So what did Jesus say is the most important commandment that we should be involved in? There's 613, I I, I think it was a young man that said to Jesus, Master, Master, what is the the most important commandment of all? You know? And what did Jesus say to him? Uh, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. If you do these two commandments, you'll keep every last one of them. All of them you'll keep, just do these two. So what should we be about? Lighten up. You know? Find out what's, what's really is faith and the gospel. Find out what is culture and be willing to let go of it. So you can reach the people that need to be reached. And how do we reach them? Love the Lord your God. Your heart, mind, and soul, your very being inside of you, love God. And love your neighbors, you love yourself. You got to love yourself first. And I it took. I'm still learning how to do that. Okay, when I mess up big time in relationships, 99.99% of the time, because I wasn't loving myself. I was I was being too selfish. Too selfish, too self-centered. You know? But when I begin to love people as I love myself, then God's grace is there. God's love is poured out. And we can reach people. Here's here's what our Ray Baki said, and then I'll close with this. He says... Who's the audience that we have and and be willing to reach and be willing to be more flexible and to be more creative, to sort out faith and culture and know that they are not the same? Faith and culture is not the same. The gospel is about Jesus. But all the ways we express and approach the gospel and share with others is culture, is in a cultural context. So then we need to find out what is the cultural context that we're dealing with, and how can we relate the gospel to that? So maybe the music might be different this time to reach this group of people. okay? Maybe the dress might be different. Maybe some places you need to dress to put my tie on and my suit and my suit, and I'm looking good. you know what I mean? You know And other times it's more relaxed. you know, and that's okay. That's the culture. The important thing is. What is the gospel and what is love? What is the kingdom of God? What is the church about? So we approach the gospel and share it with our people and, and contextualize it appropriately to where we are called, to those who are called to. So the music may be different, the style of worship done to fit the people we're working with, not so um, concerned about how, about 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 how. But we, we're always concerned about why. Why are we doing this? We ask new questions, like Jesus did, to reach a new people group. So, who are the people group we want to reach? Who are that group of five you want to put in just to your, in your circle that we talked about last time, last week? Who are they? How do we reach them, and how can we contextualize the gospel so we can communicate to them? In words and 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 experiences and acts that they can understand and receive and and grab a hold of. That's our mission. That's what we're about. So as you go about your day uh this week, think about that. Think about ways that you can share the gospel in a new way. It may not be comfortable for for you, but it's because we understand the difference. Because we're about people faith. Amen. Amen.